Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Documentation Basics, Part 1. Here we go. What managers have to document and how they have to do it is one of the most misunderstood and, you know, frankly, overhyped topics in management today. I mean, it's, yep. you know, as we're going to talk about today, it's not hard, no, right? No, <laughs> but But it is fraught with misunderstanding. So we're going to walk through some of the basics today. Yeah, people just don't understand. It's kind of like annual reviews. They just don't understand it. Um, so the first thing we want to share is documentation is not a bad thing. Despite what people ask you about it when they suggest that it has a taint of negativity, they're wrong. Okay. The second thing that people don't get is almost any form of note that you take is, in fact, documentation. And the key isn't the form of the note, but rather is it contemporaneous? which is one of those big words. So our guidance to you is to stay current, stay brief, and that will help you stay current. What we document is behavior, not impressions. We also recommend you use the capture technique that works for you to support contemporaneity. You don't have to handwrite stuff if you don't want to, folks. You digital folks, you can totally go all digital on this. And ultimately, though, we do want to say your company has policies and you do need to satisfy those. But those policies are built on the kind of recommendations we're going to make. Right. Now, yeah, probably ought to be clear before we go on that this isn't a show about all forms of documentation, right? This is about managerial documentation. Yeah, it's managerial documentation. It's about personnel. There are plenty of other types of documentation. There's process maps. There's budget reporting which are documentation, and, and they could be referred to that way. But in general usage, documentation has come to mean keeping records about one's directs, and, and usually in an uncomplimentary way. You know, I'm, I'm documenting in order right. to give myself a legal case to fire you. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about it later, <laughs> about the question about, are you documenting this? Yeah. Now, now this cast addressed that common usage, but only in the sense that we're going to teach you the basics of documentation and you can document both good and bad for your directs. Let's talk about that a bit in terms of this idea that documentation is bad because that comes up when you start writing something down in front of your directs, say during a one-on-one, -on -one, for example, the response is often like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you documenting this? So let's, let's talk about that, about documentation being bad. Yeah, I get the question all the time. What do I tell my directs when they ask me if I'm documenting? And I remember looking at the person going, I can't believe this. I mean, the number of times, think about it, dude, the number of times that we've been asked, what do I do if my directs do this? And then you prove to them it's really hypothetical because you ask them, would you ever do that to your boss? And they would say, well, no, of course not. I'm like, really? You think you're that much different than your directs? That said, the question most likely comes from frontline supervisors because managers wouldn't think to ask this of other managers. But look, we're going to give you the rationale for our thinking. It's going to take a couple of minutes here, guys, but we want you to understand when it comes to documenting things, when you're writing notes down, we should we should exchange the word documentation for writing notes down. When you're writing notes on your direct's performance, good or bad, you ought to know the why of documentation so you can sort out those questions that come up or that your directs are going to ask you that are 20% off of the beaten path or make you wonder, well, gee, why am I doing it this way? But let's start with the bottom line first. You are obligated to document your work as a professional, period, full stop, okay? And we're not talking about just personnel. We're talking about everything. 
So if you ever get any question from anybody that implies that documentation is problematic, the root of that question is inherently flawed. The moment you get the question, why are you documenting? And you believe that the, the tinge of their question is, and I believe documenting is a negative. You know, we have a saying here that you're entitled to an honest answer to any question to which you're entitled to an answer. Meaning not all questions are legitimate and not all questions premises are accurate. And so when people ask you why you're documenting, it's almost a moot question. It's like saying, why are you breathing? I mean, well, it comes with a job, at least if I want to keep it. Documentation, guys, is an obligation. I mean, think about it for a minute. Imagine that at your workplace, a process that somebody has in his head, okay? I think most of us agree that's really not a process, is it? Really what that is, frankly, the people who do that, they're trying to gain some form of illicit job security. And any reasonable boss of the guy who says, I have it all in my head, would probably say, you got 30 days to get that stuff on paper. And oh yeah, between now and then, daily deliverables. Not verbal reports, deliverables. Because guys, a process isn't a process without documentation. You probably never thought of it that way, but it, it's a rule. Deliverables are nothing more than a form of documentation for tasks and assignments. Yeah. If you've got a guy who says the process is in his head, you want daily deliverables because that's getting the process out of his head every day. Because if a guy's got a process in his head, he's probably going to figure out ways to keep it in his head as much as possible or to say, this part really can't be written down. Well, actually, yeah. Actually can. can, yeah. Yeah. If you can think the thought, you can write it down. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so why do you want a document? Well, that person could leave, they could lose their job, they could, you know, whatever. A number of things could happen and the process needs to continue. So it needs to be documented. And, yeah. and managers are no different, right? Right. A manager has to assume that she is replaceable because the organization's future needs her to be replaceable. And because of that, we can't as managers carry around all the value we bring to our job in our heads. Some of it has to be in a form that can be shared. And this is the concept where documentation starts. Documentation is a form of future planning, succession planning, and communication to others. Think about a world where nobody captures any information, and you can quickly see why the professionals, the competitors, the great organizations, all immediately start from the opposite point. Everything must be captured or documented. And then they work backwards from there because we can't capture everything that people think because there are too many thoughts. But when you think it through, documentation is one of the necessary building blocks of, of large organizations. And part of the problem is documentation has gotten this real bad name, like, like annual reviews, for example. Yeah, for stupid reasons, though, right? Yeah, I mean, look, annual reviews, performance reviews, guys, are a good example of how managers have lost the argument about what even management is or what managers do. I have had this conversation so many times, and I've seen the light go on in people's heads. And, and guys, by the way, I'm not trying to lord this over you at all. When I learned this, I was like, oh, God, that makes so much sense. And I didn't see it that way at all. In reviews, performance reviews, exist to allow our organizations to do succession planning. They're intended 
to be forward-looking exercises and documents. HR is going to collect them all up, and, and the way it should work is they look at people's performance, compare them historically, compare them to one another, and ask themselves, who's going to be ready now? Who's going to be ready next? What are they going to be ready for? And so on. But because managers historically haven't done well giving feedback, organizations and then the managers in that organizations have allowed other managers to be co-opted into an annual feedback exercise. And that's ludicrous because annual and feedback as two modifiers can't modify one another in any reasonable way. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. You get feedback here. You get it once a year. Yeah. So annual reviews exist for a reason that most people don't understand because of the way it's used day to day or how it's thought of day to day versus the way it's intended. And that's just a case of poor organizational communication and so on. But it's sort of the way things are done today. Yeah, that's my review. No, it's really a succession planning document. But the idea that documentation is inherently negative is similarly ludicrous for all the reasons we've already mentioned. Look, it's a necessary part of being a professionally managed organization and it's a necessary part, documentation is, of being a professional manager. Any assertion to the contrary is, is counter to, to all these reasonable principles we've been talking about. And look, we would bet that the person who disagrees with it would be basing their disagreement on some fear and some self-protection. And unfortunately for us, that self-protection makes sense. And that fear, right? How good is the average boss? Not very. If in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is king or queen. Yeah. If you only give feedback annually and it's usually negative, why wouldn't somebody have a bit of fear of the annual review? And why wouldn't somebody have a fear of documentation? It's easy for people to blame the organization. And that's one of the reasons why we so focus on relationships so that people can have an individual relationship with the manager. Because you can't actually have a relationship with your organization. You can think thoughts about it. You can feel about it. But generally speaking, your relationship, quote, relationship, unquote, uh, with the organization is built on dramatic moments that happen outside of your purview. And usually drama means negative. If there's five good stories today and five bad stories, the five bad stories are the ones that are going to circulate. It's unfortunate, but it's true. It's part of human nature. The whole point of having a relationship, not the whole point, but a huge point of having a relationship with each one of our directs is to counteract the inevitable negativity of people's relationship with a large organization by giving them an individual relationship with someone close to them who knows them, whom they can begin to trust. That's right. Yeah, every time a manager comes to me and says there's an issue in terms of documentation, um, it's not the documentation that suggests lack of trust. The documentation is only an indication of a lack of trust. So spend time one-on-ones, develop a relationship, then all of a sudden documentation is no longer an issue. Yeah, speaking of it no longer being an issue, people have this idea that documentation is hard. And it's not because almost any form of note is documentation. Not any form, not like sticky notes or, you know. Yeah, dude, I've testified with sticky notes. <laughs> Look, once we've made a case that documentation doesn't deserve the taint it gets, the question obviously becomes, okay, what is documentation? And guys, listen, the answer is everything that is in any way captured outside of your mind, like it or not, anything you write down related to your work obligations 
is documentation and anything anyone writes down relative to their work obligations at your work is likely documentation. Now, look, for a long time, when I tried to get this point across, I used the example of a shopping list that a manager wrote down at, say, his desk as a form of documentation. And it surprises people. But a shopping list was in a pile of documents I reviewed for a court case on a personnel matter. The point of that is that that document, the shopping list, was part of what was provided in response to discovery in a wrongful termination suit, meaning the court thought it was documentation, and the standard was it was written down. Hmm. Now, obviously, they, you know, it, it didn't have any bearing, but managers are thinking, I have to write something up. No, you don't. Everything's going to be documentation. Even your, your Twitter post, <laughs> your Facebook. Oh, gosh, exactly. Yeah, and then people go, oh, well, you can't fire people for what they say on Facebook. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah okay. you can. So look, we want to give you some simple guidelines for the concept of documentation, okay? And it's going to be very expansive, and we're trying to eliminate the two ideas. One is that everything that is documentation is bad. And two, documentation is some formal thing that HR only knows the format of. Both those things are false. Here's what we know about documentation. Everything you write down about your work is documentation. If you're a manager, your responsibilities related to your role aren't limited to time and place. Okay, It doesn't matter where it's written down. Whether it's written on a piece of paper or captured in an electronic format, it counts. It doesn't matter when you write it down. Two o'clock in the morning at your house, on a subway train, doesn't matter. It's documentation. Anything you capture about work electronically is documentation. Your calendar, a spreadsheet, any text document, any document of any kind is documentation. Any voice recording is documentation. Any video recording is documentation. And guys, look, it almost doesn't matter if you're writing it down. It almost doesn't matter whether, it's, whether or not it's legible. If you can explain your scribbles, you're probably fine. If you explain what the scribble was, the question is, would a reasonable person agree with your assertion that that scribble means this thing you said it does? If you can show that, you're fine. Now, look, obviously it helps to be neat, right? It, le less worry. But, you know, something like a task that one of your direct has on one-on-one -on -one notes with a smiley face, I mean, certainly that can't be documentation. Oh, yeah, it can. No, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. A smiley face? So even a smiley face, okay. Yeah. That's documentation. They're going to copy it, and they're going to ask you what it means. And if a memorandum for record, which describes the process you went through, is documentation because you had to create it, and that's a part of a, a case. And, and guys, we don't want to suggest here that uh, our thinking is completely controlled by the legal standards here. It's not. We're just trying to explain to you what documentation started as before it got perverted into what it's not. We want you to understand the entire equation. Now, the one thing that does matter about documentation as it relates to personnel issues is time, when things were captured. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Okay, now I want to make a couple of points that 
a lot of people don't get. We're making two points here. First, you no longer have to worry about what is or what is not documentation in terms of how to do it. Okay. So folks know how to document, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not like HR knows and they're keeping the secret, right? It's like, it's not like a recipe for the most awesome pecan pie in the world, right? You don't have to worry about what is the right way to document something. You don't have to worry about what is or is not documentation. Everything is documentation. You don't have to worry that you're not doing documentation right because virtually everything qualifies. Stop worrying and just take notes on stuff. In fact, Mike, we should call this cast, quote, just take notes on stuff, unquote, so that we get out of the, what is it, five syllables, documentation, the five syllables of documentation. There you go. And that'll make it easy for people to search and find it on the site. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So take notes in whatever way seems reasonable and practicable. That's all. The second thing that happens because of that is if everything you write down is documentation, there can't be any negativity applied to your writings such that they're inherently negative. Are you documenting? Now, because the back and forth about documentation has some subtleties, we're going to make that conversation its own cast. That's why this is just the basics. But I do want to say this. If one of your directs say, says to you, are you documenting? and you're taking notes on a conversation, you just look at them briefly and say, yes. What they want you to do is defend in a guilty way that you're getting ready to fire them. When you say, yeah, and then you go on to say, because I take notes in every meeting I go to and all notes are documentation, good or bad. And then you, if you wanted, you could go on and say, and... No, I'm not trying to get rid of you. I keep track of stuff. And if you're my age, you can say, I'm old. It's part of being a professional. I write notes. This is a meeting. I got a pen and a piece of paper. You're saying stuff. I'm writing it down. Okay, sorry. Separate cast, separate cast. You just did something well. When I write, write your review, I want to remember <laughs> to give you credit for it. Because I won't a year from now. That's right. I, I, in fact, personally, in the last five years, I've spent my life saying, that's a great cast. And, oh, I'll remember that tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hundreds. Hundreds of casts gone. Poof. Out of my head. Fortunately, there are thousands more. We're not running out. In fact, the problem is it's getting longer. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> Okay, third point we said we we're going to make. So the key in this situation is not the form you take your notes in, but rather that the notes are made contemporaneously. So your point is that it matters how quickly you write the notes after the event, right? Totally, exactly. The primary determinant for whether something is legitimate documentation. Now, mind you, if you write something down, it is documentation but it may not have standing to help you do something good or something bad in the event it becomes a legal issue or an issue that is contested in some way. Question is, how quickly? And we're going to give you four simple considerations to use that are so easy, dudes, you'll never forget it. It'll be fine. Okay. But we want to give you a caveat before we get started. If you write something down in common usage, you have documented it, period. We're not saying 
that not everything you write down is documentation. In other words, we're going to give you these four keys, and you're going to say, oh, well, maybe this doesn't, uh, maybe I didn't meet that standard, okay? We're not saying that. We're not saying that not everything you write down is documentation. We've already said that everything you write down is documentation, okay? But for the vast majority of your work, if you write something down on Thursday about a thought you had or a thing you did or a conversation that you wanted to return to, and maybe the conversation had happened on Tuesday, you have documented it. That's totally fine documentation, okay? But technically, if you write something down about an employee's performance on Thursday based on something that happened Monday, while you have documented it, it may not, depending upon the amount and quality of other documentation you have, meet the standard of legal documentation. And we're, we're jumping back and forth between those two ideas, but if you believe that everything you write down is documentation and you follow our guidance of, um, that we're going to talk about later to keep it super simple so that anybody could do it, which is to say stay current and stay brief, then you're going to be fine. Our point with this guidance is we're not trying to make a big distinction between legal and non-legal documentation because there isn't one. There isn't a big distinction. There is some distinction, but it's not big. The problem, in our experience, is that most managers think there is a big difference and assume, therefore, that what they do day-to-day is not documentation when, in fact, it usually is, provided it's, in this case, as we said, contemporaneous. The difference is actually so small between what you document and what's legal that any manager, once understanding the distinction that we're making here, can have his notes meet the standard and never worry about it again. But you can't do that if you don't know the difference. And most managers don't know what documentation is, what the subtle distinctions are, and they think that that they believe that documentation is writing a long memorandum or being interviewed by HR after six months of working with somebody to take them through what we might call late-stage coaching. That's not documentation. That's lawyers getting involved. And this is why so many managers come back and say they won't let anybody fire anybody around here. No, that's not it at all. They're applying the standard that you haven't learned that you could have easily met simply because, unfortunately for the world, nobody's telling anybody this. Well, not us. Yeah. At least not until today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. And guys, I feel strongly about this because there are two sides to this coin. One, if you do your level best to help somebody improve, You do what we would suggest you do with coaching, with relationships and feedback and coaching and delegation, and you work hard at it and you do your best, and somebody says, your boss says, hey, I want to get rid of this guy, you need to have a case to keep the guy. And that's what people miss about documentation. You need to have a case to keep the guy, okay? And the second thing is, if you do your level best, and it takes six, nine months, and the person doesn't step up, doesn't improve, doesn't meet the standards, you need to let that guy go. And you need to be a part of the organization enough that you can support the organization's need to protect itself from liability. And so that means taking some notes, even on yellow sticky notes. (laughs) Okay, so four considerations. Okay. If you want your notes to be contemporaneous, I can't even say the other words. The show notes say, here are the four considerations for contemporaneity. I can't even say it. It's too early in the morning. Is that a word? 
Yes, it's a word. <laughs> I just can't say it. Okay. I, although I, you know, I can say supercalifragilistic, but you know, it's a useful word. Contemporary, okay, you can't say it. Yeah, it's just one of those words that ei at the end there makes it hard. You got to have a little bit of a a pause. Contemporaneity, whatever. Yeah, okay. whatever, whatever. Okay, so look, four things. First one, the simplest definition of contemporaneity of contemporaneousness. That's just the worst word ever. The f- simplest definition of contemporaneousness is at the time of the event or as soon as practicable afterwards, okay? If you're in a meeting and you write down that a direct lied about something, that's good. I don't mean that lying is good, but if you write down Joe lied about X, that's good. And by the way, when you write it down, and obviously this cast is going to be long, I'm pretty sure we're going to be a two-parter here, Mike, but we're not going to go in today the distinction between what you have to write down at the moment and what you write down later, if you have to write down anything at all later. It doesn't have to be all the factors that caused you to come to the conclusion at that moment. You just know he's lying, and that's punishable by termination, let's say, in your firm, and you write down Joe lied about X. Okay, If in that meeting you're presenting when Joe lies, it's obviously not practicable for you to make a note at that moment. After that meeting, in the next couple of hours, is fine to make a note. How long before it becomes problematic, though? I mean, a couple hours, I understand that. Yeah, a couple, yeah if it was a couple hours, we'd all be doomed. 24 hours is a okay. good general rule, okay? If you capture something within 24 hours of the event, that's considered contemporaneous, okay? Now, look, there are rare exceptions, but they're not worth worrying about unless you worry about things like chains of custody for evidence in murder trials, yeah, no, yeah. I don't. Some of our listeners do, but yeah, <laughs> to call us if you're, if you're. Yeah, in fact, didn't didn't a listener recently write us a note about shared with us that they had um, killed their boss? Were, no. No, <laughs> no, no, that they were a, a crime scene investigator, yes. gotten promoted, and uh, they had written us up and said, "What I know about management, I learned from manager tools." So, if you're that guy, thank you for doing that. Okay, that's the first two. Third. There are exceptions for memorable events, okay? Now, our guidance here is don't worry about something being a memorable event. If you just keep track of things, if you take a little bit of notes here and there, then you don't have to worry about this exception. But there actually is a different standard than within 24 hours, which says, it's a legal standard, at least in the U.S., which says that time isn't so much the issue here as the memorability of the event, If something is uniquely memorable, something that you capture more than 24 hours afterwards can be considered contemporaneous. Now, if you're thinking about driving a truck that loophole and saying, well, once a week, I'll write a long MFR about everything that happened in the previous week without any previous notes and without any conversation with the direct, you're going to start getting in trouble pretty quickly. You can't remember 16 things that happened during the week all on Saturday evening or Saturday morning when your family's still not awake. That doesn't work that way. Right. And then we have something. The fourth point that I want to make is what we call the anti-loophole rule, the manager tools anti-loophole rule. That sounds complex. Yeah, no, it's not. If you start documenting previous events after there is some indication that you have an intent to use that documentation against a direct, you're on very shaky ground. In other words... Mike's my boss. 
I start performing poorly. He doesn't really keep any documentation. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't really like mem writing memorandums for record to HR, so he doesn't do anything. After three months, he suddenly realizes, Horseman's got a pretty significant problem, and if I don't do something, I'm going to have to get rid of him. And so he writes a note to HR in which he says, you know, I, I've got a problem here. I need to capture all the stuff that happens the last three months, and then we're going to go forward from there. You can't do that, guys, okay? If you say to HR or if you start thinking about getting rid of somebody because of a pattern of behavior over time, and then you start documenting and include that previous pattern, then that's not contemporaneous. You can fudge the rules we just mentioned about you know, within a reasonable period of time or within 24 hours, you can fudge those rules a little bit, but not if you start retroactively documenting. You can't do that. If you meet with HR about a poorly performing employee on Tuesday and that night write a long MFR about recent events without previously captured notes, a lot of what you put in that MFR is going to be shaky or inadmissible, okay? And by the way, for the record, we don't mean shaky by your employee's lawyer when they sue you. This is a mistake that I think a lot of you are making. I should have said something earlier. We mean by your own corporate HR or employment lawyer or law firm because they know opposing counsel would cast aspersions on it. And so they say, we can't use that. We're not worried about going to court here. Let the lawyers worry about going to court. We're worried about satisfying the standard that lawyers are responsible for keeping regarding legal liability in the organization. So the key is, you might say, well, you know, gosh, and lawyers. Uh. Yeah, no, really, they have a legitimate interest here in protecting the firm from managers who do dumb stuff. And lots of managers do dumb stuff. And because you speak for the organization, if you do dumb stuff, it's as if the organization has done something dumb. And right. if it creates liability, the, the organization has much deeper pockets than you. And one of the ways they'll pay that fine or pay that fee or reimburse somebody for a judgment against the firm is to get rid of you and save your salary, put that toward the million-dollar judgment because you didn't do your job. And it's not unreasonable for organizations to behave that way. Sorry. Yeah. This isn't organizational tools. It's manager tools. But gosh, all we're suggesting is you can do this easily if you take your time and do it right. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long, folks. <laughs>